Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So if you live in the United Kingdom and you have run across a pigeon that appears to have a leg ring denoting their code and number on it, it's baffled and thrown off course. Now, they're asking for you to feed it, water it, let it rest, and then hopefully it'll fly back home because there was a huge race this past weekend and thousands of pigeons seemingly disappeared, vanished into thin air. We've seen one of the very worst ever racing days in our history, said pigeon hobbyist Richard Sayers. He chronicled the fiasco, which occurred Saturday after 9,000 racing birds took off from Peterborough, Cambridgeshire, on a journey to the northeast. And while the 170-mile round-trip flight should have only taken three hours, over half of the avian competitors were still unaccounted for as of Sunday. Now, there were reportedly 250,000 pigeons released in approximately 50 racing events across the country, only 10% returning on time. (laughs) Thousands have been reported missing. Now, they're saying that maybe some meteorological event distorted the Earth's magnetic field, which uh, I'm guessing the pigeons used to, you know, navigate. I don't know that they have... Google Maps uh, tapped into the pigeon brain. I mean, they have nature's Google Maps, but they don't know why and they don't know what happened. So the CEO of the Royal Pigeon Racing Association, and who doesn't love the Royal Pigeon Racing Association, finds the Bermuda Triangle-esque disappearance baffling. The weather conditions across the country were good. And so he's never seen anything like it. They are now working with the National Weather Service, UK's National Weather Service, to obtain reports of any unusual solar activity. And they want to prevent such disasters in the future. So if you run across a pigeon that has their little tag on it, Give them a little water, let them have a little bit of rest, and maybe, maybe they'll just fly back home. Whew. I mean, pigeon horror this weekend in the United Kingdom. Pigeon horror. Welcome, welcome to Chewing the Fat.
this weekend. We have the pigeon disappearance in the UK, back over in the United States in Springfield, Missouri. We had the big rally for birds aren't real. Some great signs at this rally. <laughs> Pigeons are liars. <laughs> family didn't like that I was with this, but you know what? We all have to stand for our truth today. Can I get an amen? Amen. My name is Peter, and I live, hey, breathe, and die for the feathered gospel, which states that every Thank bird alive you. is a government surveillance drone um, in disguise um, that's basically watching probably us having this conversation right now. Yeah, so um, yeah. Well, what we what we believe, and I know, uh, you know other people may not believe it, but what we believe um, is that all 12 billion birds in the United States are, are artificial. Thank you. Uh, what makes me think that, um, I mean, I... I I think the evidence is all around us. Birds sit on power lines. We believe they're charging on power lines. Um, we it believe does. that bird poop on cars is, you know, a liquid tracking apparatus, um, you know, built to track people across. I and mean, I think you know, we live generally in a, in a surveillance state in the United States right now. Um, and birds are, is, are just one part of that surveillance state. Thank so you. every um, bird is assigned to one person, normally from our research. And that's the thing. I don't speak about anything I can't like prove in a court of law. Um, I speak about things I've seen documented. I've seen you know the documentation for these, and we've actually had CIA agents come forward. Thank you, thank you. We have had CIA agents come forward. I have got to talk to Peter Mackendo. I don't know if he has a title, if he is the uh, bar president. <laughs> Birds aren't real movement uh president i know this was in springfield missouri according to their uh twitter account they're going to st louis this coming friday for their movement they're on tour that was their first stop in springfield missouri uh i can't believe that i'm i haven't talked to peter before i remember seeing an email not long ago about when i when was i going to talk to peter and i apologize for not having him <laughs> on the show before now and I will I will definitely reach out and we'll definitely going to talk to Peter because the movement is now beginning to take a take hold and I want to be a part of it I, and I'm apologizing to you the audience and to Peter and to the birds aren't real movement that he has not been on chewing the fat before but uh, we will reach out to Peter. You can find out more at birdsaren'treal.com. You can follow him on Twitter, Birds Aren't Real. Uh, I am looking forward to <laughs> reaching out to Peter. We are definitely talking to Peter and find out uh, how important the, uh, what did he call it? The feathery gospel. We're definitely going to talk to Peter McIndoe from the birds aren't real movement about the feathery gospel. It's awesome. Just awesome. I'll tell you another thing that was awesome. So we had missing pigeons in the United Kingdom on Saturday. We had the birds aren't real rally in Springfield, Missouri. And then we had the 29th annual New York city dyke March on Saturday. So I don't know. Saturday was a great day around the world or you know on the world if you believe that the planet is 
flat. They ended up uh, celebrating the lesbian pride during the annual Dyke March, and they were all uh, ended their ended their fun at uh, Washington Square Park as they were triumphantly splashing around the fountain, topless and naked, and it was just a celebration of beautiful and diverse Dyke lives. So. I mean, it's still Pride Month, and how proud are you for them? I know, about as proud as I am. You know what? I don't think you can be as proud as I am. Another story, uh, you know, a little out of the ordinary, that I had last week, and I didn't do it because I wanted to try to find video of the actual event, and I never did find the video of the actual event. I bet you Home Depot has it. And so if someone at the Dickinson City, Lackawanna County Home Depot has access to your company's video, please send it to me. Email it to me at chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Apparently there was an exorcism in their lumber department. Uh, the police were called when they people realized that something was happening that was seemed to be out of the ordinary. And the police showed up and escorted them out of the building. No one was charged. It was a seance type of thing for the dead, according to the police officer. And Home Depot hasn't responded. I hope the person who hasn't responded for Home Depot won't respond by emailing chewingthefatattheblaze.com with video and possibly audio evidence of this exorcism for the dead because they were in the lumber aisle and I guess they were, you know, doing it for the dead trees. So, please, please. Send me the audio and the video of that. Thank you. All right, back in the real world. I see where a uh, rescue team in Japan believed that a floating inflatable doll was a real person drowning, and they went out to rescue this person. Apparently, there was a, a YouTube star filming on the shores there and what we caught pictures that's what i mean why wasn't this happening at the home depot why didn't we have we have shots of the of the exorcism we have shots of the rescuers actual actually rescuing the inflatable doll because someone thought oh someone is drowning so they called authorities and it's just a rubber sex doll floating in the water and so the rescue teams pulled it out of the water and saved it. Congratulations. Remember not long ago, we had the story in Australia. It probably was longer than I think it was, but where they had the blow up doll in the ditch and they thought it was a murdered body and they closed off the area and they brought in the investigators and the investigators went down and said, um, yeah, it's a doll. So we're good. How about we open up the roads and we close this thing up, okay? So I don't know what happened. You know, <laughs> what a waste of time. I mean, I guess it's a practice run 
for our rescuers, but hopefully no one of, you know, real human importance needed the rescuers' help while they were busy rescuing the doll, the inflatable sex doll. I guess it was a sex doll. It was just, maybe it just it was an inflatable doll. Is there is there a, such a thing as a inflatable doll that isn't a sex doll? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. And why would you want it? So I see where Johnson & Johnson, one of the pharmaceutical behemoths, uh, accused of fueling the deadly U.S. opioid crisis, has now reached a settlement with the state of New York for $230 million, which seems, I don't know, it seems like a low amount, but, you know, I don't have $230 million, and I'm guessing you don't either. And if you're listening to this show and you do have $230 million, bless your heart. But it also, as part of the deal confirmed that it will stop making or selling opioids in the United States. Wait, what? So because you're telling me that they're going to agree that they were part of the opioid crisis, which is another argument I'd like to have, but, uh, okay, fine. You agreed to that. Fine. Um, Here's your $230 million and go do whatever you got to do to help people get off of the deadly opioids that is the crisis you say there is. But you're going to go ahead and make them stop selling and making opioids in the United States of America? I don't know how much, how many opioids they make here in the U.S., but you're talking about jobs. And now you're talking about, what about, now you're talking about not having the product in the country at all. What are people in the U.S. who take opioids legally supposed to do? Are we just, we don't care. We don't care what, uh, we don't care about you. <laughs> Never mind you. Uh, we'll make them in Europe and then ship them uh, back to the U.S. or they can't sell any of their products in the U.S. anymore that's opioid related. So the other corporations get to make more and make more money. Is that part of the deal? Did New York as does the state of New York has have an investment in the other companies? I don't know. I'm just asking, you know, I know that their settlement does not an admission of liability or wrongdoing. Okay. All right. No problem. And there's plenty of other proceedings going on. I'm sure of that. So I just find it uh, interesting that we are now telling having telling companies and making it part of the deal that they are not going to make a product here in the United States or sell their product here in the United States. Wow, we are in a we are in a strange place in America. And I know that I saw the UN posted that you know around 275 million people used drugs worldwide last year while over 36 million people suffered from drug use disorders. This is according to the World Drug Report, released by the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime in Vienna. (laughs) Wow, I want to be a part of that office, to be honest with you, but okay, (laughs) that's another story. (laughs) What do you do? I work for the UN Office on Drugs and Crime, and uh, 
who are based out of Vienna. I'm here in Fort Worth, Texas, but I still work for the, uh, for the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime. We're just based in Vienna. The report also said many countries saw a rise in the use of cannabis during the coronavirus pandemic. Ooh, you think? In surveys of health professionals across 77 countries, 42% said cannabis use had increased. A rise in the non-medical use of the pharmaceutical drugs was also observed in the same period. Oh, you think so? Thank you. Appreciate it. The report also noted that in the last 24 years, cannabis potency had increased as much as four times in some parts, even as the percentage of adolescents who perceived the drug as harmful fell by as much as 40%. So people don't think it's harmful and the potency has increased. Uh, that's America. That is, uh, that seems like capitalism to me. <laughs> Again, maybe that's just me. Globally, 11 million people are estimated to inject drugs, half of whom are living with hepatitis C. Opioids continue to account for the largest burden of disease attributed to drug use. Huh. The report said that by drugs, it referred to substances controlled under international drug control conventions and their non-medical use. So... All right. All right. If that's what you say. According to their estimates, 5.5% of those between 15 and 64 have used drugs at least once in the past year, while 36.3 million people, or 13% of the total number of people who use drugs, suffer from drug use disorders. So 13% of the total number of people who use drugs suffer from drug use disorders. So the other 87% have to pay for the 13%. All right. All right. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So good. All right, so we're in the break room. So remember during the movie The Lion King, the original, when Simba and Nala, as little cubs, get caught by the hyenas and they do their little growl scare and then Mufasa shows up? right and Mufasa shows up and the first one of course was uh you know Simba Nala and his little <laughs> his little baby growl <laughs> do it again do it again and then you know uh Mufasa shows up well I was surprised to find out this weekend maybe I had to go back and watch the scene that Mufasa's roar there was a cross I'm sorry a cross a combination of a grizzly a tiger and an F-16. That's pretty incre incredible. So a combination between a grizzly, a tiger, 
and an F-16. Pretty incredible. Anyway, I just thought it was an interesting little tidbit from uh, The Lion King. So did you also, uh, as long as we're speaking of movies, uh, Fast and Furious 9 uh, had the highest opening weekend of the pandemic with $70 million at the box office. I know, I know. And The uh, Bachelor viewership, speaking of people coming to see things the uh, bachelor viewership you know after its whole woke politics uh poisoning all of the entertainment world well their their viewership is now tanked by more than a million people so i'm sure it's going over good don't worry about it they're gonna continue to keep that up i'm sure no problem i see where disney wants uh boba fett's uh, ship in star wars renamed they don't want to use slave one are you kidding me stop it they've used it in empire strikes back they've used it in the mandalorian now they're going to change that i mean you start doing that you're going to start really uh what's the word what's the phrase i'm looking for ticking people off that uh, want to watch the uh series i mean stop it stop it and anyway, i mean it's touching every corner of our lives i see where ups is no longer recognizing gender to identify who delivered packages to. Wait, what? Yeah, the UPS drivers discovered that their delivery software has been updated and uh, the system that specified the gender of the person who accepted delivery of a package to a generic one-size-fits-all term customer. Isn't that special? <laughs> right? I know. So the delivery system previously required delivery drivers to specify who they had given the package to if they handed it to a person rather than left it by the door or garage of destination. The options previously included met customer, MC, man, MC woman, MC boy, MC girl. So now when customers ask, hey, who'd you give the package to? Yeah, those details have been eliminated. Oh, so who did you give it to? I mean, we had our, uh, we've got all kinds of porch pirates going on all over the country. And so when people want to know who it was delivered to, when you look at a side-by-side -side of the uh, of the printouts from the delivery of their system, you know, MC man, and MC woman, garage, porch, side door, rear. Now, well, you still get the porch and the garage and the side door and the rear door, the front door, but you have customer one, and then under two, you have blank. So I guess maybe customer, you can assume, means man. And where it doesn't say anything. And if you mark number two, that would be woman. So instead of actually saying it, that's what it would be, I guess. And where it would be four and five is are just blank. So if you still mark it there, if you're able to, I don't know if you're able to on the software, you're probably just able to just click on customer and the two, four and five which would be, you know, man, woman, boy, and girl, you won't be able to click on. Huh. That is 
interesting. Now, of course, uh, UPS has said, we make periodic updates to both software and firmware related to our driver's delivery options. We don't publicly share details of our internal procedural and operational updates. We're confident our drivers have the tools and technologies they need to make our customers get their deliveries. And that's special. And that's special. <laughs> oh, that's so nice of them. Oh, man. I tell you, that's great. You know what else is great? I see where uh, Ali London is now uh, identifying as Korean, and I guess has been, but he's gone through plastic surgery now, and he uh, he let us know on social media exactly what's going on with him and how he identifies now. Or anyone online as British, because I, I identify as Korean. That's just my culture. That's my home country. That's exactly how I look now. Um, oh yeah and i also identify as jimmy and that's my korean name but uh not only that i just i know it's a little bit confusing for some people nobody's ever come out as jimmy or korean but um this is something that you guys know if you've followed my journey for the last eight years i've really struggled with identity issues yeah we know we know you really struggled with identity issues and i know that you're not uh actually changing your race it's cultural appreciation not cultural appropriation, right? <laughs> so I get, you know, he spent hundreds of thousands, at least, at least $150,000 on plastic surgery. And he's the big influencer. Uh, I'm sorry. They, them, they, and them are the pronouns, uh, are, is the influencer. He's got, uh, 427,000 followers on TikTok, 28,000, almost 29,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's released some songs. So he's just, uh, he's gained notoriety for cosmetic surgery and, uh, to look, uh, like the, uh, like Park Jimin, uh, from BTS. So like I said, it's not uh, cultural appropriation because we're not disrespecting Korean identity and culture. <laughs> no, duh. It's cultural appreciation, not cultural appropriation. So why don't you back off me, okay? So the 12-story condominium collapse in uh, Surfside, Florida, is uh, still ongoing, at least the rescue is still ongoing. I'm guessing they're still calling it a rescue, although we're losing time now to where if anyone was alive, we would find them alive. So at least nine people have died from this collapse. 152 are still missing, uh, unaccounted for. Rescue crews are, crews are continuing to search for survivors and there's fire and there's smoke. And apparently there's no evidence of foul play that led to the collapse but there have been plenty of concerns about the building not being up to code and we still don't know the cause of the collapse but it could have been a range of factors according to the experts they believe that a column or concrete slab gave way below the pool deck taking the rest of the building down with it apparently there was major structural damage 
to the building, according to an engineering report back in 2018 that urged the building managers to fix uh, the abundant cracking found in columns, beams, and walls of the parking garage below the pool deck, and some reported damage was likely due to corrosion from consistent water leaks, years of salty air along the coastline, and apparently they they have uh, estimates that that would have cost like $9 million for repairs. A lawyer for the building operator said they'd seen nothing to suggest the collapse had anything to do with the 2018 review. Right. But we still have concerns about uh, the structural integrity of the sister building right next door. But for now, I guess they're allowing the people to still live in that building, but we'll see how that lasts. Uh, they're talking about uh, investigating all the buildings now, and I don't know, just in Surfside or any buildings along the coast. I mean, that's a that's a huge undertaking. And if you're looking for a gig, uh, you might want to show up in uh, on the east coast of Florida and say, yes, I'm a building inspector. I'm here to inspect. Hire me. Just a thought if you're looking for a gig. And I see where we released the... Uh, highly anticipated report was it highly i mean i guess it was highly anticipated although you didn't expect much out of it did you the unidentified aerial phenomena the uap report the report did not say aliens exist and it didn't say that aliens did not not exist so they put in 144 reports from 2004 of flying objects, 143 of which the government can't ID. In more than a dozen of those cases, the government has no idea how the objects moved or the way they did, exceeding the known tech of countries like Russia and China. So in only one case could the government identify that the object was a large deflating balloon. Okay. Um, you know, we'll see. They still want to get to the bottom of these flying objects, so it's proposing a plan to better collect data and upgrade its surveillance capabilities. And so, you know, next we go to Congress and say, hey, we want to have a new, a new system and new people to investigate all of this. How about we get the UAP committee and we spend a bunch of money on that? How about that? And not just two people, but a lot more than two people. You know what? We need a whole building. Why don't we just build a whole new building for us? Oh, okay, sure. Go ahead. And I see where the Navy veteran who was ridiculed over the white Tic Tac UFO sightings in 2004. <laughs> he now is saying, hey, I want a public apology from the Defense Department. Really? Yeah. Uh, he posted uh, a series of Facebook posts after the reports uh, on Friday. And he said that his career, Kevin Day, said his career paid a price after he was laughed at, mocked, and talked about behind closed doors within the U.S. Department of Defense for trying to describe what he'd seen on his radar screen in November of 2004. I paid a very high price personally, and I hold the Navy and the DOD directly responsible for their complete and utter malfeasance in dereliction of duty. <laughs> okay, 
no problem. I also hold the Navy and the DOD directly responsible for what I and others went through as a result of trying to uphold our own duty and simply do the job the American people paid and expected us to do. I and others deserve a formal public apology and a redress for the costs I slash we paid. Uh, he said that uh, this report is uh, vindication. And uh, af- okay, good for you. His, uh, his report acknowledged that uh, sociocultural stigmas in the armed forces and intelligence community may keep many observers silent complicating scientific pursuit of the topic. Yeah, no kidding. And we, you know, we had that report where the pilots now for the airlines who took such a hit over the years when they reported stuff like that are now feeling a little bit safer to report what they've seen or what they have seen in the past because it's okay now. But, uh, you know, even just a few years ago, they were ridiculed and made fun of for reporting that. So... According to this, all four pilots uh, spotted the white TikTok-shaped UFO. And he was uh, about the same size. It hovered over the water. It was approached. And they, they all noticed it. And they noticed that they were spoke out of concern for safety of the flight. But they were openly laughed at, made the butt of jokes. And once even asked if my then boss, WTF, I had been smoking. <laughs> so he wants a public apology and I think he deserves it. I think he deserves it. Is he going to get it? Good luck. God bless. Oh, you know, and we talked about, uh, Derek Chauvin and his, uh, well, his uh, sentencing was Friday. And I said that I thought for sure he would get the full amount. I thought for sure that the judge would just give him the full amount just like the jury found him guilty of everything and that everybody wanted to just push it off and not be the one that, you know, let him off a little. Well, the judge gave him 22.5 years in prison. Now, that's lower than what everybody thought it was going to be, including myself. And I figured, you know, that he would get, uh, you know, at least 30 and probably, you know, a lot more and just make it his life sentence. But, uh, he's got to do, I think, 15 years for sure out of this sentence. And it, he's being, you know, there's other charges coming at him. He's never going to get out of prison again. And I read a, the article about, uh, you know, I think we talked about it on Friday, about will he survive in jail and what will happen. <sighs> you know, it is doubtful that he survives in jail. I really believe, I can't believe that the guy is still alive now, but his ego is not going to let him, you know, take care of himself, which is surprising. Does he survive in prison? I mean, we're going to spend a lot of money keeping him safe. So is he going to get the Jeffrey Epstein treatment? I don't know. I don't know. The guy, you know, he's in prison now. He's never getting out. He's hated by the world. So good luck. God bless Derek. But you know, I don't know why you keep fighting it. I'm really surprised. I would, I would, I had hoped that you would uh, see the light and make it better for the world by taking care of yourself, by yourself. But apparently, you don't. You didn't see it my way. 
So we'll see what happens. I know there's more sentencing and more trials to come and we've got the other officers and it's going to be a never ending nightmare for these guys and deservedly so. I mean, I know that there's the argument of, you know, George Floyd was a bad guy and he was doing all these drugs and I get it. I get it. But at some point, at some point, Officer Chauvin had to know that the world is filming him and he could have very easily gotten up and thrown George in the car or leaned him up against the car so that waiting for the ambulance, but he couldn't do it because he's done it before. And there obviously there's, you know, there was no evidence shown that he'd done it before, but I'm sure that he had and no one had died and he was Mr. Cop, Mr. Ego police officer and all his other buddies were there and they just continued. Not one of them said, dude, let him up. He can't breathe. Let him up. Nope. Didn't matter. So, you know, he's just the whole thing. The whole thing is just a, just a nightmare. And you can quote me on that. It has been a nightmare. It will continue to be a nightmare and hopefully now that he's in prison forever, at least we see that, you know, we get a little justice, right? There is some justice, which, you know, is what we all want, right? Uh-huh, right? Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So I do see your emails at chewingthefat at theblaze.com. And of course, you can, you know, Follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR, Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. My guest parlor still exists, although I haven't been over there in a while. At Jeff Fisher Radio there as well. And I do see your emails and I appreciate the kind words of this from Mike saying he enjoys CTF the most because I keep politics out of it. And I do try my very best to keep politics out of it. It's very difficult because politics has seeped into every aspect of our life. And when you start looking at the way we do things in the world and the country, it's very, very difficult to not do uh, politics. I mean, I like to do maybe headlines real quick, you know, where we talk a little bit about how the IRS uh, denied tax exempt status to a Christian nonprofit group because Bible teachings are typically affiliated with the Republican Party. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, we could talk about Nicole Hannah Jones, you know, the author of the 1619 Project. She is pissed because she's not going to UNC. She wanted to join the UNC faculty with tenure. Then uh, there was a bunch of noise made and she said that they said, well, you know, you can still work here. You're not going to get tenure until five years and then we'll revisit it. Well, now she says, no, she's not going to work there without tenure and she's going to sue the university. You're going to sue because they're offering you a job that you don't want to take. Okay. All right. Sure. Hannah, you, I'm sorry, Nicole, Hannah Jones, you do whatever you do. Okay. It's just incredible to me. So we're going to offer you a job and you don't want the job that we're offering you, but you're going to sue us for another job that you wanted. That's just weird. And we're still getting news from 
one six. I read a big story about this guy who was, uh, I don't know that they can, well, I guess he was arrested. He was taken into custody in New York and it talks about how he was in his mother's apartment, heard some loud banging, opened the door. There's about 10 tactical police soldiers and one is pointing a rifle at his head. They had a battering ram and a crowbar. They also had a search warrant and they said the, and they, and they busted into his apartment, which, you know, is in another building in another apartment. They broke down the door on a simultaneous raid because he was at one six and the warrant authorized the federal agents to seize his property as evidence relating to crimes, including obstruction of Congress, civil disorders, conspiracy to impede assault, federal agents, interstate travel to participate in riot and unlawful entry on restricted buildings or grounds. He has proof that he was not any of that. He was there, but he was in a hotel away from all of the action while this was going on. On top of which he had a stroke while they had him in custody. And he's saying that now he's got a reputation ruined in his neighborhood because all the people saw him being, uh, arrested or, you know, taken into custody. So this one sixth thing is really, really getting out of control. And why is it why is it ever so often, and I say every so often, you know what, every, I don't know, this is one of those stories again that keeps making the rounds, that shows up every four to six months, and they just keep pushing it. Uh, every time I turn around, there's a different, they call it something else, but they just keep pushing, and this latest one that I saw is called The Four State Solution. I know they keep wanting to break the country. We talked about it before. We talked about the man in high castle and we talked about other shows that have broken up the country and they show the country broken up. And this one is the four state solution. You have the American cooperative of social democracy. You have the American league of free states. You have the Christian confederation of America and you have the United States of America, the union Dixie, Libertas and Olympia. It's just really, they try to break you up. So Olympia is the West coast. And then you have Libertas, which is the middle of the country. And then you have Dixie, which is, you know, the Southern part of the U S and then you have the union, which is the Northern part of the U S and there's plenty. I mean, the line between, uh, Dixie and the union where you get into Libertas, I mean, runs down the line of, uh, you know, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. So, and then that takes you all the way out to the West coast where you break up with Washington, Oregon, California. Well, they have California broken up into two States. One is called AC and one is called California and then Hawaii, of course. So it's really, I don't know why they keep pushing it and why it keeps making the rounds, but it does. And they continue to push it. So it's just kind of, kind of strange that uh, ever so often it just keeps making the rounds for that four state solution. Whether you, you know, just different ways to break up the country instead of, Hey, let's work together and keep the United States, the United States of America. Just really, really strange. And they just continue to push it. And I don't 
necessarily know what I, I, I can guess, but it just seems kind of weird. I see where Biden uh, orders airstrikes in Syria, uh, retaliating against Iran-backed militias. Nothing could go wrong with that, so don't even worry about that. And I see where former President Trump held his big rally uh, in Ohio this past weekend. So, I mean, that's where we're at. Uh, politically, and uh, just so you know, the WHO, not the band, but the uh, World Health Organization, recommended masks and social distancing for both vaccinated and unvaccinated people due to the Delta COVID variant. Oh, so we've got another big scare tactic coming from uh, COVID with the Delta variant, as they claim that these Delta, the Delta variant is surging and uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the Department of Health and Human Services and the White House COVID-19 Task Force have discussed whether to press mayors and governors in the Midwest and South where the highly transmissible Delta variant is spreading quickly to once again require mask mandates. According to three senior Biden health officials, the administration ultimately concluded that many people who are not vaccinated are also those who have resisted wearing masks. So you bastards who won't wear masks, are you the ones that aren't getting vaccinated too? And I think we're at, I feel like we're at like 48% vaccination rate here in the country now. So that's pretty good. And I know that we're at 85 or 90% of the higher age groups, but I know that the, you know, CDC... And the government, and everyone wants to get everyone vaccinated. And whether you're 12 or older, if you have not received it, you should get it as soon as possible. So get to it. Get to it. Pretty sure that if you haven't got the vaccine by now, you're not going to get it. And maybe you're still, I'm still in the vaccine hesitant. Uh, I have not officially said no to the vaccine. But I have been in the hesitant pile for quite some time. And I still am. I still am. I'm not against it, but I'm not for it for me right now. And there's two people in my household that have been fully vaccinated. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I just am, well, you know, opposed to it for me for right now. I'm in the hesitant pile. And I'll leave you with one question. Uh, well, you know, get an answer from you. Okay. So there is a, you know, I get a, I get different newsletters and updates for stories every day in my, in my email pile, but, uh, they have a picture of this, uh, house in Montana that boasts the walk-in freezer for wild game. And it talks about, uh, what a beautiful house it is. And it's in Three Forks, Montana, which is about 30 minutes uh, from Bozeman. And it's located among five separate mountain ranges. It sits on 200 plus acres of land and is perfect for an urban cowboy. That's the way it's represented. It talks about the amenities as having three bedrooms, four baths uh, in the main house, a separate guest home. It's got a six car insulated garage. It's got solar-powered everything. So how much would you pay for this particular place? Go ahead. Figure it out in your head. Ask. Go ahead. 
God, figure it out. I've just told you, you got three bedrooms, four baths. It's on 200 acres. You're in Montana. It's got, uh, you know, all the amenities that you need with the walk-in freezers and the insulated garage and the solar powered everything. How much are you willing to put down for this particular house? And your first guess, don't look it up. Don't look it up. Just think to yourself, what would you pay for this particular piece of property and home? And if you said... $11 million, you were right. You know who you are. Congratulations, you were right. (laughs) 